You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. Just a reminder that Tuesdays on the Locked On NBA podcast is East Meets West. Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News and host of Locked On Warriors and yours truly, David Ramil, host of Locked On Heat. Tackle the biggest NBA stories of the day, coast to coast. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast wherever you get podcasts. Always seems silly, but that's, you know, that's the ad read. I've got to go through with it. You probably are already aware that I host Locked On NBA, and if not, well, that's okay. You go ahead and subscribe anyway and make sure you get the latest news from around the league, and I will be very, very grateful. I am back from Springfield. What a weekend. It was insane, fun, interesting, emotional, and for all of you Heat fans out there, you should be so extremely proud because you were absolutely very, very, very well represented in Springfield at the enshrinement of the Hall of Fame class of 2021, including Chris Bosch. If you haven't heard my previous episode, I talked about Chris's incredible career and his humanity off the court. Really enjoyed doing that episode, so hopefully you go back and check that out if you haven't already listened to it, or if you have, go ahead and check it out again. Listen to it on various different formats. We're available wherever you get podcasts. But it was a really fun weekend, and I did get to see a lot of just so amazing to be around greatness if you love the sport of basketball you wouldn't be listening to this show otherwise there is nothing like being around the very best nba players in all of nba history you've got bill russell being enshrined for being the first black head coach of the nba you've got Dwayne wade lebron james ray allen all part there to be celebrating chris bosh and his enshrinement that's I mean, if you're a Heat fan, there's no other reason to love this weekend than just that moment right there, to see all four of them up on stage. And I got to be a part of it. I am so absolutely grateful that I was there to witness this, to cover, to talk to these athletes, to rub elbows with some of the greats of the games, to turn around and talk to Bill Walton and then turn around again and see Charles Barkley taking selfies with everybody. But let me tell you, nobody, nobody is more popular than Charles himself. Everybody wants to take a picture with that dude. He is just nonstop. From the time that the ceremony ended on Saturday night following the enshrinement, it was just half an hour of selfies, autographs, and everything else. Amazing. Just everybody asking for something. I have never seen anything like it in my whole life. But you know what? Back to the topic at hand here. It's all about Chris Bosch yet again. I really enjoyed that previous episode, but I still want to talk a little bit more about the actual enshrinement itself because Chris was, as you might imagine, just as fantastic as you'd expect him to be, with a speech that was absolutely perfect, quintessentially CB. It was open, honest, revealing, funny, and just the right mix of emotions. I wasn't exactly sure how it would play out. Look, I've talked to Chris. I talked to him the day before on Friday. It was great seeing him. He's always you know, so upbeat, so excited, always so intelligent and so thoughtful. I mean, that's just the way he's been throughout his whole career. And to see him... With this incredible responsibility, I knew he was going to knock it out of the park. But you know what? It's still, you're never quite sure what player is going to say. We saw some speeches earlier throughout the night that 
scrambled a little bit or maybe weren't quite clear as to what they were trying to say. It was an interesting hall class. I'll have words about it soon via Forbes because that's why I was covering the event first and foremost. But most importantly, it just it was so I was not quite sure what Chris was going to do. Right. I, I knew he was going to try and cover all of his big three you know, experiences, his t- tenure in Toronto and Miami, and he did all of that beautifully. But then to cover and talk about with such openness the end of his career, and let me tell you, that is not an easy subject for him or for any NBA player. To talk about the end of their career isn't always something that they're willing to do, and believe me, I am very well aware of that. But when the ceremony was playing out the way it was, and look, uh, first and foremost, I got to tell you, being there and and peeking behind the curtain, so to speak, it's seeing how things are done, that's not always the best because it takes away from some of the magic. When you're watching on TV, on NBA TV or YouTube, when you see the highlights on video, you know, it, it seems so much more, let's say, cleanly done, right? All it's Everything is smooth. All the transitions are fine. There are no issues there. When you're actually watching the event, that's not quite the case. There are little hiccups along the way. By and large, though, I've got to say, the host of the event, Ahmad Rashad, did a fantastic evening rolling with the punches. Even when the uh, teleprompter wasn't quite keeping up or going too fast and he wasn't able to exactly follow the words that were written there, it wasn't exactly – he was able to bounce back very, very well. And then for all the presenters, I, I look, there were some moments there where I wasn't sure what they were going to say. Ben Wallace didn't have a pre-prepared speech. He just spoke off the cuff and – you know, if you're a Ben Wallace fan, you probably appreciate his openness. It was, look, from Wallace, you can tell it was an emotional moment. It came from the heart. There's no denying that. But when it came to the later part of the events, and I wasn't sure when CB was going to be, you know, was going to be available because we, we saw others, you know, Chris Webber started off the festivities. And Chris Webber, pretty big star, I think, on a national level. Not only did he, you know, win with the Sacramento Kings. Of course, he never won a championship, and he never won a championship at the collegiate level. And it took some time for him to get in. He wasn't exactly a first-time ballot. Uh, neither was Chris. Chris, unfortunately, was not part of last year's studded, you know, star-studded class of 2020 that included Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett. I think that was by design, as I mentioned before. In any case, you know, to, for Chris Webber to kick off the event, I was a little skeptical. I wasn't exactly sure how it was all going to play out. When is Chris going to talk? And then I actually thought that Paul Pierce would probably get the node, the nod, excuse me, as the closer for the event. Why? Because, well, he played 90 miles away in Boston. So what fans were in attendance, they were there for Paul Pierce. When you heard booing <laughs> on TV, that wasn't booing, unfortunately, as well-deserved as it might be for Pierce. They were yelling truth. Because that's, of course, Paul Pierce's nickname. They were all excited to see him. He got a lot of people cheering. He got a lot of people just clapping hands with him. He was running up and down in front of the uh, the stadium, the Mass Mutual Center, where the event was held. Outside of the red carpet, he was the man of the people. And it was, look, over everything, I also have to say, there was a, not quite a shadow, I'd say. But it. I think it dimmed some of the festivities a little bit. The, well, the very real pandemic that we're still very much a part of. You know, everybody in mass to some degree, more or less, not as many people as I feel comfortable for. And and the reason I say that more than anything else is because I've got a two-year-old at home. He can't get vaccinated yet. I'm absolutely concerned about anything. Being on that air, airplane for three hours was frightening for me. Being in a hotel room with other people that may decide not to wear masks, very, very frightening for me when I'm going to events, even like this. 
Very, very frightening. With Media Day just a couple weeks away, as a total aside here, we're still not going to go back to live coverage. There will be no locker room access there. We're going to be doing Zoom calls through perpetuity, I think, at least for the next season. I, I don't know if things go back to normal in 2022. I'd love for that to be the case. I missed the opportunity to talk to players, to sidle up and be able to talk to them uh, as much as we once did, but that is no longer the case. Uh, you know, There are too many health concerns out there, but that's look, that's a, a little bit of a down. Right now, this is about the positivity, right? And about Chris and about his moment. And again, I, as I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to play out, but then... Paul Pierce went third to last. There were still a couple of other players left on the uh, the agenda for the evening. Not to me, uh, not to mention uh, Seattle Storm and Australian national legend Lauren Jackson. So she was second to last, and she was a decorated player. She won medals uh, with an Australian national team. She also won a championship with the Seattle Storm. Her uh, career, much like Chris's, was unfortunately cut short by injury. She missed years like multiple years back to back with uh multiple injuries and she was look she was a decorated player she was actually a lot like chris in her time you know and the fact that she was a, a big that could stretch the floor and she could shoot from the perimeter just like chris and she was a do-it-all player just like chris so it was kind of fitting that lauren and chris were inducted back to back but you know after lauren jackson look she's back in australia because they're on lockdown so she had to send in a pre-recorded message because i think it was you know at 3 a.m at the time when the event itself was taking place it was evident then at that point after lauren's message that chris would be wrapping up the evening and and then from that point well who knew what would happen but you know what it was absolutely perfect he spoke about loving basketball about being too poor to afford a jersey. It was a hilarious story that he told about a Christmas morning when he got his first NBA jersey, and he was so excited. It turned out it was a Lakers jersey because I guess they were very popular at the time, and he opened up the box. He sees the bright-colored Lakers logo, and he's wondering to himself, is it Magic Johnson? Is it Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Is it James Worthy? And then completely deadpan, perfect delivery from Chris. He mentions that he was just disappointed. It was a knockoff jersey with no name on it at all. Just just Lakers. Lakers in the front. No no name on the back. It was not an authentic jersey. And that's okay. It would kind of really set the tone for him because he was just he was just talking about his history, about growing up in Houston, about learning to love the game. And I think it's something that gets overlooked. If nothing, because you know, his cerebral nature, you always talk about how smart he is, right? And and you never really understand or hear about the love of the game i think those few of us who have been lucky enough to talk to him about the sport and about how his role has evolved and everything else you can see that there's real passion there's real just a drive to grow to change to keep getting better and he touched on this in his speech his speech just was absolutely perfect uh, he talked about the emotions that basketball have caused not just the good ones, there's plenty of good moments throughout the Big Three era, but about the bad ones throughout his whole basketball career, crying at key moments throughout his life as a as a child in high school, uh, and of course in 2011 when he did not uh, win the NBA championship following the loss of the Dallas Mavericks. And of course, he spoke about the end of his career, finding out that he was never going to be able to play again in a doctor's office and the tears that brought, but it was still in, in perfect Chris Boschian way. He took all of those emotions and he captured them so wonderfully and he spoke so eloquently about how he used that as further fuel, as further motivation. And I'm going to read a little excerpt of that speech because I just think it's so well said that you should all remember it as much as you possibly can. This is Chris Bosch from Saturday's Enshrinement Ceremony. 
after working as hard as I could, the training, the practices, the weight sessions, the film, going back at night to work on my game, after finally making it to the mountaintop with so much more to do in my mind, so much more to improve, suddenly it all stopped. In going through those crossroads, I eventually came to realize that we all have it in our power to make the most of every day, despite what happens, to turn setbacks into strengths. I like to think of all those tears that they weren't endings, they were beginnings. They weren't moments that made me want to stop working, they were moments that made me want to work even harder. When I think about it, they were more than tears. They were the water that made it possible for the seeds of greatness inside me to grow. That's a hell of a quote. This was the best speech that I recall hearing in a long time. There, there have been others, and of course, there's none perhaps more memorable for all the wrong reasons as Michael Jordan's I hate you, I hate everybody. I took that personally speech from his enshrinement a few years ago. Uh, that was, of course, uh, the other side of the equation where it was just, look, I, I know I was fueled by negativity. Now you all know it too. I hate you, and that's why I'm here. Uh, for Chris, he used motivation differently. He wanted to get better. He had a, a true calling and wanting to play basketball and unfortunately his career cut short but you know if you listen to Chris he's finally at peace with it and I think that's what stuck stuck out to me from the ceremony was just how grateful he was for the opportunity of course talking to Pat Riley uh, returning his ring was just a great moment throughout his speech of course if you haven't seen it by now uh, you probably should do it but the story of course is uh that Pat Riley was recruiting Chris Bosh and he gave him one of his uh, rings, one of his many championship rings. And he told Chris, no, no, no. You know, Chris was hanging on to it. And he said, you keep it. Uh, you return it back to me when the moment's right. And of course he never had, he never had the right moment, but he chose this, his hall of fame enshrinement. I mean, we'd heard that story before that he was still hanging on to the ring, but to see him take the ring out, give Riley a big hug, that uh, beautiful moment. A tearjerker if you're a true Heat fan because it's, that's just this is a perfect closure on a fantastic career that I still don't think will get nearly enough recognition. But I'll talk a little bit more about the enshrinement, about uh, how the Heat were so well represented at this uh, event. And there was just so much more to talk about. But first, a reminder that the number one antiperspirant on Amazon.com is a product that we've been telling you about for a few weeks now. That's Sweat Block. It's doctor-created, doctor-recommended. It works for up to seven days per use. You apply it. You don't worry. It gives you the confidence you need. You know what you want to wear. You don't have to change clothes or anything like that. You can. You never have to think about whether or not to change your shirts or anything like that. Sweat Block is a fantastic product that we've been talking about that really does help. If you have an if you have a concern about uh, you know profuse sweating and you want to do something about it, then the number one antiperspirant on Amazon.com, Sweat Block is the answer for you. I've told you about a friend of mine before. He's a teacher. Uh, you know, sometimes he, he used to have some issues with sweating and he was so embarrassed. Sometimes he'd have to change shirts in the middle of the day just so he wouldn't have his students notice and avoid some of the shame that that brought him. You know, it, it's just part of what happens when you're in front of a classroom full of kids. You want to make sure that you have their attention. You don't want them, you know, pointing and wondering and saying things like that. As you all know, you probably were a part of that yourself at some point throughout your academic careers. But Sweat Block, such a great product. It's stronger than and, and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You just apply it and you go. So go to sweatblock.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. 
and you can get this amazing product for 20% off. But only if you go to sweatblock.com. You can also find it on Amazon or at CVS. But again, go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you get this product for 20% off. Who can beat that? And today I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. So back with my recollections of this past weekend over in Springfield, Massachusetts at the Hall of Fame enshrinement. Just a, a really great opportunity to see players when they're relaxed because even, look, even having talked to them over the last few years the way I have and being in NBA locker rooms, being at all-star events and everything else like that, it's a little different. Those are mostly competitive. This is different. This is just a different vibe. Look, Kyle Lowry was there to watch his coach from Villanova, Jay Wright, get enshrined in the Hall of Fame. And it was just seeing all these players kind of relax a little bit. And that's what it is. It's really, look, you've probably heard about it by now. You know, if you've been following the league as long as I have, you certainly have heard of it. But you follow it for even a little bit of time and you'll hear the brotherhood, the brotherhood of the NBA, the guys that just are, are part of a very elite class. Because again, 450 players in the NBA, as much as you want to talk about this player being a scrub, no player in the NBA is a scrub because they're one of 100, uh, 450 in the world. Seven and a half, almost eight billion people on the planet, and only 450 of them get to be in the NBA. That's why it's a brotherhood. And when they're there celebrating the enshrinement of the greats of the great, then that's when everybody really relaxes. And look, again, it's just you're watching all these old players, older players, not old, but older players, greats of the game, from Bill Russell to Walton to Michael Jordan to Tony Kuchkoch, you know, who acknowledged how, you know, Scotty and Michael tormented him in the 1992 Olympics. Uh, just so many great players. I mean, coaches. Everybody was there to relish in this incredible moment. And that's when they're at their most relaxed. Charles Charles Barkley talking about going to the MGM Grand Casino down the street because he had to go gamble. And that's why he finally was able to get away from everybody and stop taking selfies. Those kind of moments to be there, I, like that's just that's an experience I'll never forget. I want to be able to cover these events from now on. I'll certainly want to cover it in a couple years when Dwayne Wade gets enshrined into the Hall of Fame as well. And you know that he'll be there in just a couple of years alongside former rival. Hopefully they'll be able to squash whatever beef they have. Dirk Nowitzki. It should be interesting to see those two players who kind of, who gets the nod, right? I guess it's Dwayne. I mean, if you're looking at, at, at Chris and the fact that he wind up closing out the event on Saturday, you know, Dwayne gets the nod over Dirk, right? As beloved as Dirk might be. And I think as, as much as his speech might be probably better just because of his own journey and experiences and everything else, I wonder I wonder if Dwayne winds up getting the last spot there. It seems like that's pretty likely considering he is a three-time champion and, and all the individual accolades that he was able to achieve. But back to Chris Bosh. Seeing him in the, the moments here, he was absolutely at ease. Like, like he belonged there. Like he belonged there. And I think that's something that gets – overlooked because there are still people in the year of our Lord 2021 
complaining and criticizing and questioning, questioning Chris Bosch's candidacy at this point in time, after everything we've seen, after, <laughs> when you look back at this past season and you look at the best bigs of the game and what makes them the best bigs of the game, well, damn it, it's because they're following in the past of Chris Bosch. And look, I asked Chris on, on Friday at the press conference about his role in helping expand a game and, and perfectly Boschian way. He just deflected everything. He just said, oh, I was just playing my part. I just wanted to be better. I just wanted to get better. I did what was asked of me, and I saw what was being asked. Oh, it was a fantastic piece, by the way, on Heat.com by uh, Miami's own Cooper Moorhead, who writes for the team, and he did a fantastic job covering all of what makes Bosch so special. What I tried to cover in my podcast last week, Cooper did a very good job of doing in his piece as well about just how flexible he was about how willing he was to make changes to change the path of what he was as a player from being that score first guy in Toronto to being one of the best defenders in the game a versatile one through five defender along the perimeter at six foot ten six foot eleven and of course to be able to stretch the game the way he has with a three-point shot I just every time I think about it when you think about the logistics of a player going around imagine if imagine if Dwayne and Dwayne came into the league being like a great passer, great scorer, and a pretty solid defender who would only get better throughout his career. But, I mean, it doesn't work, right? Because the logistics of a guy 6'4", like Dwayne, you know, being able to adjust to being, what, a low post guy? He was solid in the low post as a guard, but he was never going to turn into, you know, a center or a big man. The opposite was true in Chris's case in that he was a center that wound up evolving his game to a more guard-like way. I, I just... I don't know how to how else to say it. You know, the reality is that Bosch's transformation throughout the course of his career is second to none. But it's about the enshrinement itself, just how happy he was to be there with his wife Adrian and his kids. You could see them uh, being shown on the on the big screen every time they would cut <laughs> to the family. The kids all gathered around Adrian. They were hilarious. They were little hams, every one of them, really loving the moment, really loving the attention. And then when Chris was finished, they all ran up to him and gave him the biggest hug. Those beautiful moments to be there with your family. This is as perfect as it could get for a guy like Chris. I'm so happy for him because he is so deserving of this moment. To hell with all those people that are complaining about his candidacy or anything like that or questioning whether or not. But it was just fun to see Chris in his element, to, to be able to talk to other players, other greats of the game, to be recognized, to have his speech widely lauded. Even Ben Golliver of the Washington Post, a friend of mine and a guy who's been on the show numerous times, wrote about Chris's speech in today's uh, paper, and he just spoke about how eloquent it was, what a great speech it was, how it touched on so many incredible moments. And, and I, I texted him about it. I said, man, fantastic write-up. And he said, yeah, you know, I just felt so bad because I was never a Bosch guy. But now thinking about it later on, I just felt bad because he was so great. And that's that's great is that Ben was able to change his perspective on it. And, and I can understand that maybe you see Bosch's statistics and his impact and he can maybe discredit them to some degree back during the playing game. But I think hindsight has given us a, a lot more appreciation. Look, I, I mean, I certainly always understood what his impact was during the Big Three era. Unfortunately, never really had to cover those teams as much as I would have liked to. But as far as, you know, what we've seen from Chris over the last couple seasons of his career and everything else, like, there was no denying how great he was. Like, it's funny 
No, it's sad, actually. I'm sorry. Not funny. It's sad that national media have trashed Chris throughout his career of challenging him that way. And, and I think Chris handled it as well as he possibly could. He really responded well. And, of course, as we heard from him in his own wonderful speech, he took that negativity, he took that motivation, and he used it to fuel himself. Not, not quite the way that Michael Jordan did, not with as much anger, but just rather you know, to use it as motivation. He took the naysayers, the doubters, and he said, you know what, I'm going to continue to work hard and I'm going to prove you all wrong. And he certainly did because there he is now, an elite member of the NBA Brotherhood, a member of the 2021 Hall of Fame class. No taking that away from him. That is without a doubt, that's always going to be there. But one thing that's also always going to be there is the steady customer service of rockauto.com. That's a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, over two decades of service. Look, you can go to a traditional chain storefront. You ask them questions. They ask you questions. You try to see if they have the part you're looking for. They look it up on their computer. What's the point? You've got a computer at home or in your pocket, which means you've got access to rockauto.com. You go on their easy-to-navigate site, just a few easy clicks away, and next thing you know, you get the parts you want directly delivered to your home safely and soundly without any fuss. You don't have to worry about anything and you can save money because rockauto.com's low prices are the same for everybody. Whether you're a mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer, if you want to save some money, you go to rockauto.com. That's the place for you. And best of all, if you go and find the right parts that you need for your car or truck right now, you go to the section that says, how did you hear about us? And write the phrase locked on so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, Hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Here wrapping up my conversation about the enshrinement weekend in Springfield, Massachusetts. And of course, Chris Bosch's fantastic performance that night. Just a great speech, so emotional. But let me tell you, as I mentioned before, watching the heat show up there en masse what what a well-represented group they were the miami heat were a major sponsor of the event to support chris that way look not only was the whole pr staff there but heat tv was there with jason jackson the new radio host of the uh of the miami heat but andy ellisberg was there uh pat riley was there coach spolstra with his lovely wife, Nikki. They were there in attendance too, and they're just so happy for it. It's just a great, great moment to see Spo and Bosch hugging it out on the red carpet when they saw each other. That just, it meant so much for Spo to be there, to, to be able to welcome one of his guys. This is a first for Spo too. I mean, when we think about it, He's, had, he's going to have other players that he's coached there. You know, Ray certainly uh, was part of it too. I guess that's a, another guy. But their their relationship probably a lot more frosty than it was with Chris. I think he's gone through more battles with Chris. And you can tell that there was a strong friendship there. And yeah, Spo and, and, and has always spoken so highly of CB and vice versa. And he's always talked about what a great coach Eric was. It was great to see that, that friendship there. And I think that 
something that extends beyond the relationship to, from coach to player and just seeing them all there. And look, I, I had a fantastic moment seeing not just the big three, the Heatles up on stage, but also Ray Allen there. And look, and, and <laughs> as much as maybe this event and ceremony was about being positive and everything else like that, you know, Paul Pierce was getting enshrined too. And Kevin Garnett was in attendance. And Ray, Ray didn't take pictures next to them. He took pictures next to his other teammates from the Miami Heat. And I think, uh, you know, as Ray has mentioned before, as he wrote about in his book, a locker room unlike any other, a camaraderie that he had never experienced throughout his NBA career. And it was evident on Saturday night when James, LeBron James himself, walks the red carpet and goes to this attend and attends this event to support his guy CB. I, I mean, he was there for Chris Bosch. That's fantastic. For all of the animosity that you want to hold against LeBron for the way he left his team in 2014, he talks about Chris all the time. He asks about Chris. I think it's pretty evident that he's that there's a strong friendship there. And he was there. He was there just like Dwayne was. And maybe it's just to be able to hang out with Dwayne and Gabby. Who knows? Whatever. I can see why they would be a friendly thing for, for everybody. Again, to be part of this event. But he was there to, to welcome CB and, and you know that LeBron will be there at some point in the future and he'll be there as a member of uh you know the Cleveland Cavaliers the Los Angeles Lakers but also you know a, a, a member of the Miami Heat he won two championships here as much as he might be able to celebrate his Cleveland championship and his you know 2016 celebration uh I think you know he, he might never be able to achieve the same kind of success in Los Angeles that he did in Miami who knows if he wins a title in Los Angeles does that make his career there on the same par with Miami? No. No, it does not. What he was able to accomplish in four years, completely different story. Again, like I said, about Ray, his appreciation for a locker room. You can go into a lot of locker rooms. None was as great as that 2010 through 2014 one. That's the, the friendship, the camaraderie that was real, that was different. I'm glad I got a chance to see something similarly in 2019-20 with Jimmy in his first season in Miami because I really, to see that locker room to see that bonds that were formed there, a truly unique experience. Anyway, back to uh, back to Chris Bosh and his celebration here. To see the Heat so well represented. Look, a, a lot of the cliche talk over the last couple of weeks, right, about Heat culture and everything else, a part that always gets overlooked is that Pat Riley, a blue-collar, Schenectady guy, you want to talk about the Armani suits, you want to talk about the, the polished shoes, you want to talk about the slick-back hair and his rough attitude and everything else. He's really just a blue-collar family guy at heart, and he's created a big part of a culture that everybody ignores, is that it's a damn family. It's a family. They're always there for each other. There's no bad-mouthing through the there's no selling guys out there's always support and I think you saw that on Saturday night when there's so many of them there you're you're following an organization you as Heat fans follow a team that is more like a family than any other and that's why they're all out there that's why they're there supporting a guy who's playing career ended somewhat chilly you know they didn't quite expect it to end the way it did they of course waved him unceremoniously for his own safety now something that Chris understands in hindsight but at the time obviously a very very difficult situation for him but Pat always wanted to be able to repair those bridges he never wanted them to burn down uh you know irreconcilably and I think we saw that on Saturday night how how much they mean to each other how much it means to be a part of this organization this family 
It really is. Look, you can talk about it being a cliche or everything else, but it's real. It's tangible. You see it there when these guys are there having to fly to Springfield. And it's not like Springfield, Massachusetts is some kind of hot spot that you want to go to. This isn't Vegas where you can say, oh, I'll, I'll sandwich that into a trip along the way. It's not L.A., it's not Miami. You go out of your way to get to Springfield. It's an hour and a half and change away from Boston. You got to fly in from there. You can fly into Springfield if you want to. You, you know, no one's staying there more than a couple of nights that they have to. I did, but that's a whole different story. Springfield, that's a, you know, you're not there to take in the scenery. As beautiful a city as it is, you're not there to, to live the high life. You're there for a special purpose. And this was to celebrate one of your own. It's kind of like going and flying out of town for a wedding or something like that because this kind of family atmosphere of seeing all these guys here supporting one another to be a part of this great organization, this great family, unlike anything else, and just a fantastic experience. I can't say enough of it. A truly uh, once-in-a-lifetime experience for me that I'll never forget, but I'll hopefully be covering them down the road. And I want to kind of continue to piggyback on this in future episodes, probably tomorrow's episode. We'll touch on some other Miami Heat Hall of Fame candidates in the future and what it means for them. But that's an episode for another time. For now, I just want to thank all of you so much for all of your support. Remember to subscribe to Locked on Heat and also follow Locked on NBA wherever you get podcasts. Uh, you can always reach out to me via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. And, of course, you can always send me an email. Love getting those messages from you all over at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. Make sure to reach out often and always and be sure to please follow the show like i said and leave a review go to itunes and make sure that you you know let me know what you think about the show if you like it that's great leave as many five-star reviews as you possibly can special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting today's show but thank you thanking you most of all for taking the time to listen to this show truly grateful this is david ramil signing off for now <laughs> <laughs>